Hi, welcome to the show, Be Convinced, where you will be getting a big dose of hope in less than 30 minutes. I'm your host, Soraya Diasi-Kofelt. I'm an Ivy League educated lawyer, former judge, small business owner, children's author, and mother who's passionate about helping to improve lives and convincing you that there is indeed hope for a better future for ourselves and our children. I'll be sharing another life-changing story of hope told by ordinary people just like you and me. This is episode number 16. I'm continuing our talk with my guests, dedicated American missionaries, Jean and Robin Willis, who now live and serve the people in the region of La Esperanza, Honduras. This is part two. I met them many years ago when I joined their church out of Georgia to volunteer on a missionary trip to the Amazon River region of Peru. My son James also joined me on a later missionary trip with them to the Amazon River region. We were both very impressed with their love for the people and humble hearts to serve. Jean and Robin continue to share with us about the ministry they established called Heart of the King, as well as their story of hope as they dedicate themselves to serving and demonstrating the love of God to the people. Missionary work is tough work, and it is a struggle for them every day, but they stand firm in their calling. Please stay tuned. My passion has always been to spread the love of books and promote the importance of literacy in a child's life. My passion inspired me to write a series of five faith-based children's books about our favorite holidays from a Christian's perspective, Easter, Fourth of July, Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas. My books are filled with colorful illustrations and lots of humor because children love to laugh. All proceeds from book sales go to the Nonprofit Foundation as the Stars of the Sky Foundation to help promote literacy. To purchase my books, please visit asastarsofthesky.org or your favorite online bookseller. Thank you. I'd like to start off each show with a quote, and this quote comes from Roland Allen, who was a British missionary at the turn of the 20th century, and he did a lot of missionary work in China. And he said, missionary zeal does not grow out of intellectual beliefs, nor out of theological arguments, but out of love. And I believe that so strongly that missionary work is love, 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 a love for God and a love for God's people. So welcome again, Jean and Robin Willis. I'm so glad to have you both here with me for part two of the show. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to be back with you. So we were talking in part one about your background. So mm-hmm. let's move on to now you're in Honduras. You finished your schooling to learn Spanish, although you'll continue yeah. to learn Spanish right. for quite a long period of time, but you finished mm-hmm. your schooling there. And then what led you to actually settle in La Esperanza, Honduras? Actually, while we were uh, in uh, language school, we we actually uh, went to language school in Siguatepeque, Honduras, which is actually just an hour down the mountain from La Esperanza, where we where we live now. So we arrived in Siguatepeque and we uh, went to the language school. But while we were doing this, the language learning and, and figuring out that we needed more schooling than we thought, during this time, I had a... You know, I don't know if it was just a dream or, you know, whatever, but but the Lord spoke to me and he showed me. I mean, I could see it was just as plain as day 
you know, I was in a remote area, a remote village, Aldea in the mountains, and there was a man standing in the middle of a field. He was just sort of standing there looking around, you know, sort of like he was lost, didn't know where to go or what to do. And I didn't know what was going on, but but the Lord spoke to me and and he said that there are many, many missionaries in the world, and most of them work with children, which is excellent. You know, it's like he said, it is great, you know, that we have missionaries working with children. But there is a lost generation, which is the adults that do not have children or that are not involved with their children, but there are adults who will never be reached by missionaries who are working solely with children. So, you know, from that, the Lord gave me or put on my heart, you know, really the desire to work with adults. And the vision that I had was was in a very remote aldea, a very remote area. And, uh, you know, I think from that, then, uh, you know, we, we started thinking about where we're going to be and, and where we're going to, to live on the mission field. And during the language experience, the Lord also told us, basically, that Honduras is where you're going to work. And uh, the main reason for that was he said specifically, I think we mentioned in part one of this, that the Spanish language is a common language throughout the world, but there are a lot of very unique cultural differences So learning the language Spanish in Honduras, you are more capable of working and speaking with Hondurans than you are in other countries. So so the Lord told us that that we would be staying in Honduras and working. And because of this vision, we knew that that it was going to be more of a remote area. Yeah, while we were in language school, we met a couple there and became really close friends. They were only there for like a month while we were there, but we connected so well. Their work is with children, with teenagers more, ministering it to teenagers. So we were able to join with them and and help them with some of their projects, and we just became good friends. So shortly, like within a month, like I said, they moved here to La Esperanza. So after they were up here a few months, they invited us up to look around and and to just share with them. So we came up and we took a day trip out throughout the country, riding around, seeing all the different places. We had an interpreter with us that explained everything and all the fields where the beautiful crops were being grown, the villages along the way. And it just connected with our hearts. Mm-hmm. It looks so much like the vision that I had, the the areas that we went to. I was looking for that specific man, which I never did see him yeah. specifically, but we really felt that this was the area that the Lord was leading us to. So, so when we finished up language school, we basically moved up here. Our friends actually uh, knew a pastor who had just built a home here uh, and wanted to rent the home. So we actually came up, checked it out, and we're the first and only people that have lived in this new home that he's built. 
beautiful home we have here. Uh, we're, yes. we're probably a 15, 20 minute walk from the center of town, but, but it is a very small uh, community up here. About small. how many people would you say? Well, actually, La Esperanza, I think has 10, 11,000 people, maybe it's, it's really a pretty pretty good size area, but it's pretty well spread out also. So um, does it have its own mayor and its own yes. town government? Yes. Yes. yes, yes. It's a full town, but it's just a very small version version of it. And we just love it up here. It's 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 great. We really feel this is where the Lord is, has uh, moved us to. What would you say are your most successful accomplishments there? When we first moved up, you know, the vision that we had coming up was to start Bible studies, basically home groups that home churches would eventually grow out of. We do not see ourselves as as pastors in a church. We do not see ourselves as as really, you know, starting a church of, of our own or anything like that. But but we do see the vision of starting home groups that eventually turn into churches, which the Lord within the home group provides the the pastors and and the leadership for the church. So that was the vision. But as most missionaries that you talk to, uh, when you get actually on the field, the vast majority of the time, you wind up doing something totally different than what your original vision was. It seems like the Lord gets you out somewhere and then he starts showing you all this other stuff saying, well, I really want you working on that. It's amazing. Would Um, you say that centers on meeting the needs of the people, the actual practical day-to-day needs of the people? Definitely, yes. Mm -hmm. When you move into a city, you see so many different needs and we were able to connect with other missionaries here, which was has been a real blessing. And so we've worked with several different missionaries here, which is good in a lot of ways because they teach us cultural things and we get out and visit different people in different areas. Mm-hmm. Plus, we're able to bless the missionaries since, since they have a lot of projects going on. Right now, we don't have projects, but we're able to help the missionaries, to encourage them, to pray for them. Mm-hmm. And in some ways right now, that's my calling to be a helper for other missionaries. Mm-hmm. And we've gotten much appreciation for it because missionary life is busy. Missionary yeah. life is exhausting. Yeah. and <laughs> It's very tough. And yeah, we've had several of the missionaries that, that we've been around that have, have really told us that, that they believe our calling is, is really to help other missionaries and to support other missionaries and help them. So, so actually our first year in La Esperanza really revolved around working with other missionaries to support their work and then to support them individually, you know, to lift them up. So we, we've worked with, with children's ministries, children's camps, the missionaries we've worked with have planted a church in the mountains. So we've gone there and worked with them on that. And the first year we were here, those are really the successes that, that we feel we've had. Are those missionaries American missionaries or are they from different countries? Yes, those are American missionaries. And so that's another thing we've been able to do is have Bible studies with our fellow missionaries. 
because when you're in a country where they speak a different language and you go to their church, it's all good, it's great, but it's just nice to be in an English-speaking environment and hear the the word preached in your Mm -hmm. language and be able to share in your own language. So we've had Bible studies with our missionary friends for probably six or eight months now, mm-hmm. which has been a blessing to all. So that's another road God's leading us down. Mm-hmm. That's helped out a lot during the, the coronavirus time to, to be able to meet on Zoom and, and have Bible studies with, with people. But looking at, at other connections we've made that way is is we've also connected with teachers. There are a lot of teachers in Honduras, American teachers, our teachers from the U.S., that come down to, you know, to teach. And uh, we met up with uh, a few of those, and uh, we helped one of the teachers actually move from one school to another. And during that process, I was introduced to the administration at school. And uh, shortly after that, uh, I was asked to teach Bible classes to the secondary, 7th through 11th grade. Yes, so, that's wonderful. Yeah, so I'm, I'm actually starting my second year now teaching Bible classes to the high schoolers, the 7th through 11th grade classes. And that, that has been a real blessing. And, and I think that is, uh, you know, we would consider that one of our, our successes. My vision, uh, as I told you, was, was to come down and, and work with adults. And, you know, the Lord had said to me, you know, we have a lot of missionaries that are working with kids and, and that's great. You know, but he wanted me to go in a different direction. And then he gives me this opportunity. I would never imagine me ever teaching high school kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, I am just, I'm not a kid's person. I, I don't even enjoy working with any of the kid ministries, whether it's, you know, the younger kids or the teen kids. I just, I just never did really get into that. But this has been such a blessing on my life to work with these uh, teenagers. It's really been amazing. It's really been a, a, a change in my life. But, but now I believe the Lord has used this to continue to prepare me to work with the adults. I yes. still think that is, that is the direction that, that the Lord has me pointed. But, uh, you know, he's using this, I think, I think, you know, to help me to continue to step up and to grow so that, that I can be where he wants me to be. Yes, so. and to learn, to learn about the people there. And I think once their parents see the dedication you have, then mm-hmm. that makes an impression upon the parents. And it shows mm-hmm. them, this is a godly man who loves our people and really wants to serve us. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so that's a, a unique opportunity that God has opened the door for. And do you see anything else in the future? The other major thing that, that we've been working with, uh, in my opinion, this is, has been one of the blessings of the uh, coronavirus situation in the world. The virus hit down here just like everywhere else, and basically uh, everything uh, closed down in March and uh, has continued to stay closed. We're still fairly, fairly restricted down here in our movements. But during all of this time, we made connections with the mayor's office here in La Esperanza. And through that connection in the mayor's office, we have uh, worked with them in preparing food bags 
and distributing food bags, not just throughout La Esperanza here in town, but but also throughout the communities in the mountains. And this has been a been a real blessing. I think it was it was at the end of June was the last count we had, and that was over. It was close to five thousand bags of food or 5,000 families had been fed. And the bags of food that we're distributing, they're like 40-pound bags. It's enough to uh, feed a family of five for a couple of weeks. It's, it's been a real blessing to, to work with them in that area. And we've actually worked with the mayor in, in a couple of other areas because the, the buses were closed down since March and taxis. taxis. And, and as you may be aware, or, or your listeners may be aware, uh, in areas like this, uh, especially in, in Honduras here, the people are very dependent upon the taxi service and on the bus service. The small busitos, they travel between the rural outlying communities and La Esperanza here. So, you know, people bring everything in from their produce to sell at the market to, you know, I mean, everything is is uh, shipped back and forth through buses. Uh, and the bus system had been, been shut down since March. Is it so, a public bus system that's operated by the municipality or is it private? It's a private bus system. They have large buses that go between the major cities, but then they have the small buses, basically vans is really all it is, that travel uh, between the remote areas, remote aldeas, and, and the, the La Esperanza here. It's private. They're, they're private buses. It's very relied upon. I mean, that's that's the, the major route of transportation. Other than that, the vast majority of people have either bicycles or walk. Is it because the people are so poor they can't afford a car? Yes, 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 that's true. People here around here are, they're, they're very poor. We've been to a lot of the poorest areas of town to distribute food and uh, some of the mountain areas where, you know, I'm not sure who all your listeners are, but but I know the people we are familiar with and living in the States and all. Most people don't understand how, People really seriously only live from day to day. I mean, they do day work primarily. And uh, with that day work, they buy the food for the next day. Because of the virus, they really haven't been able to do day work because uh, restrictions down here have, have really kept things tied down. So that's why it's been so important to distribute food and to get food out because people couldn't work. There's no such thing really as as a savings account or as, a, you know, a social security check or things like that, that people in the United States are used to. You know, it's really hard for uh, a lot of people to imagine how the vast majority of the world actually lives uh, this way. So, so that has been very important to us, but, but also because of uh, the buses being shut down, uh, it was very important that the mayor's office actually established a few remote pharmacies, or we call them pharmacies, but they uh, went to some of these remote aldeas and talked with the uh, community leaders and set up small pharmacies for the area. Uh, then, I mean, you know, it had Band-Aids and aspirin and, you know, antibiotics and, you know, some of the cold medicine. Yeah, the basic type the stuff. Basics, yeah, yeah but because with no bus system, people could not really get down to the closest place they had that supplies. 
without walking for several hours. Yes, it's a it, very difficult life. Yeah. And if you need something basic like that, you know, you know, you don't feel like walking a few hours, even if you had the time during the day and everything. So, uh, so we helped them to set up a few of the, the remote pharmacies also, which, which has seemed to prove uh, very useful with that. The people Definitely. are so grateful for that. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. And you have what type of a vehicle? We have really been blessed with a vehicle. We did not have anything while we were going to language school because we were only planning to stay for six months initially at language school and had no idea what country we would be working in. So we were just walking and taking taxis. But after we found out we were going to be working here in Honduras and living here in Honduras, we started looking and uh, it's like the Lord speaks to us just one little step at a time. And the Lord spoke to us and said, I have a truck for you and a missionary owns it and he does not want to get rid of it. He wants to keep it. Oh, my goodness. We we were looking for a very dependable vehicle, you know, something that's going to keep keep us going. So it was amazing. Shortly after that, just, I mean, a few weeks, basically, we received a phone call from one of our missionary friends in San Pedro Sula, one of the largest cities here. He said, you know, have you talked with so-and-so in La Ceiba, which is another large city here? And we have friends there that we visit uh, three or four times a year and help them work. You know, we said, no, but we're, we're there. We're, we were actually in La Ceiba. And uh, we went and talked to this missionary. And he had just bought this 2018 Nissan Frontier four-wheel drive, exactly what the Lord had told us he had for us. You know, perfect. He had just bought that. And uh, he had run into some medical issues and actually was paralyzed. So he was having to sell his truck that he loved that he didn't want to get rid of. Yes. And, and buy a wheelchair accessible van. So it was exactly like the Lord told us. It, a missionary owned it. And he did not want to get rid of it, but it was a truck for us. And it's a very dependable vehicle. It's a, we've gone everywhere in Honduras. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you name it, we've gone in Honduras everywhere. Unbelievable places uh, in some situations. But the truck is great. And, uh, and I've seen pictures on your website yeah. about you you delivering a lot of food and providing oh, yeah. transportation. So it's been a blessing, not just for you, but for many others. Oh, right, right. The yeah. um, municipality, they don't have access to a lot of trucks. And so we've been able to use our truck to deliver foods and medicines and help them out as much as possible. So it's just a real blessing from the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's wonderful. And Robin, I wanted to just turn the direction to you for a little while. We have a few more minutes left on the show. And what has it been like to be a woman there in the missionary field? Well, it's been different for me because I've worked my whole life. And then coming down here, you no longer work. I enjoy going to school. That was similar to work. You know, you were on a, a schedule. You had things to do. You come down here. We went to school. And then we're up here in La Esperanza. And it's very different. I'm now a housewife. And the foods are different here. You know, I have my recipe books, but... 
I can't get a lot of the foods that I need for my recipe. So it's been interesting learning to cook. My husband loves to eat. So yes. food's important. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And it's a Spanish culture, which we know that the men tend to be very macho. How have you been received by the community? Well, it's been fun. Uh, the men don't talk directly to the women. I don't know if that's normal, but that's the way it is up here. Yes. Um, I've tried asking questions of men, and they'll look to Jean, and Jean yeah. will repeat the same thing I say, and <laughs> yeah. then uh-huh. they'll, they'll answer him, you know. So that's taken some adjusting, you know. But I've enjoyed it so far. I don't I don't know that there's been anything really difficult just adjusting to a new way of living. And the people are so friendly. The kids, they just love you. The women are very helpful. So it's been a nice change. Yes. Well, that's great. That's great. We have a couple minutes left. And I wanted to ask you, you talked about the coronavirus effect it's had there, how difficult it's been for these poor people. And I wanted to ask you both, do you want to give any final comments about your missionary life? It's been a wonderful life so far. And we know God has greater plans ahead for us. It's a it's a life where you have to build yourself up. There's no one else to really keep you going. We are living in an age now, thankfully, where there's internet. So we can get preaching from our churches with teachings, and that's a blessing. But and then you have other missionaries that there you said that you've befriended. We do have other friends, yes. That's, that's very important. But you've got to know that God's called you when you're going to a mission field. You know, you shouldn't have any doubts. You've got to know God says, this is where I want you to be. It may seem like a struggle, but if your faith's in God, he's going to work everything out. Mm -hmm. Yes. So this year would be the what number year you've been in Honduras? We were here three years in July. Yes. All right. And what you please give us again your website and the name of your ministry. So if people want to learn more about you or be in contact with you, how they can reach out to you. The name of our ministry is Heart of the King. And our website is heartoftheking.org. We do send out a monthly newsletter. And if you would like a newsletter emailed to you on our website, you can go to the bottom of any of the pages, and uh, you can actually sign up to receive the uh, newsletter there. Yes. Well, I want to again thank you all so much for joining me to tell us about your life from before you were missionaries to mm. now that you are missionaries. Well, thank you so much for having us. We yes. really enjoyed being being part of your program. Okay, thank you. God bless all your listeners. Yes, thank you. Thank you for joining me on my show, Be Convinced, as we share with you life-changing stories of hope. Please visit my Facebook page, Be Convinced VI, and like and follow me. I post weekly about upcoming radio shows and podcasts. Please also visit my website at sorayadiasikofelt.com, where you will be able to read more about me and access my podcasts, which are all designed to give you a big dose of hope in just 30 minutes. Let's contemplate on what the great Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. once said. Use me, God. Show me how to take who I am, who I want to be, and what I can do, and use it for a greater purpose 
than myself. Mm-hmm.